The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. Big night last night for the Ohio State Buckeye basketball team. They beat number one Duke at Value City Arena. The uh, students stormed the court after the game. Aaron, were you uh, were you ever involved in a storming of the court or football field or anything like that? A a riotous, and I do mean that in the best sense of the word, celebration. Are you court storming, dude, or not? No, I mean I've I've been you know standing down on the field uh, with the press as the crowds uh, you know take the field. You ever I've got caught? You ever got caught in one of those? What's that? You ever been caught in one of those? Oh yeah, I was standing uh, uh, down on the field for the double overtime Michigan win with JT Barrett going for the mm, going for the first for the down. first down. Uh huh. And that was insane. Every the whole stands cleared. And yes, ran onto the field. I had a friend who was a photographer. 2002 Ohio State Michigan uh, game. He got trapped on the field and his got his trampled and his leg was broken. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he's out there and I mean that could be scary. I actually texted a friend of mine at Michigan Saturday who was on the field taking photographs, and I said, "You better get out of there and go stand like up against the wall right in front of the Ohio State section because I know they're not going to be storming the field." But I didn't want him to get caught out there and get trampled. Yeah, that could happen. Yeah, yeah. It was well, an orderly storming last night at Value City Arena. The students came down out of the crowd like politely, and then the ushers let them kind of yeah well, walk seemed, out on the court. Seemed like five, six, seven years ago or so, it kind of transitioned to we're not holding anybody back. Yeah, I mean it can be dangerous if you try yeah. to do that. Yeah. So uh, thankfully, uh, Mike Shashevsky, the Duke coach, uh, made it out last night. His players made it out last night. It was a nice win. Boy, late night. At Value City Arena. Don't know how many people stayed up for that because it wasn't like if you watched the game, Ohio State was ever really in the game as the game was going on. It was like the last five. And I sat in there watching it, and I'm like, how did this happen? Like, how did this happen? And it happened. So they got the win. So that is very nice. There's no mystery how gas prices escalating has happened. Joe Biden shut down the Keystone XL pipeline. He has suspended drilling or at least raised the price for drilling on federal lands, made it unprofitable. Funny thing about major petroleum companies, they don't engage in activities that will cause them to lose money. So when he made it too expensive to drill on federal lands, guess what? The federal oil leases and the interest in using them dried up, literally and figuratively. So gas is eh, hovering here in Ohio now where? 320? 320 a gallon? I try not to complain about it every single time I fill my tank, but I'm going to fill my tank this afternoon and I will, I won't curse Joe Biden. But something happened to me today, and I wonder if this happens to you. Or I wonder if something that's been told to me that I've not seen yet has happened to you. I came into the office today, and a colleague said to me that he was filling up his car with gas, and he saw a sticker on the gas pump with Joe Biden pointing, and the point was directed toward the price of gas, Joe Biden depicted with the words, I did that. I did that. In other words, I'm the reason why gas prices have increased. So 
as we chatted about it, I laughed about it. I said, where was it? I'd like to go take a photo of that. And he said to me, I think it's a thing. Like, I think this is like a nationwide phenomenon. I don't claim to be the most hip with it. Top of the pop culture guy. I've not seen that. But I have my trusty friend Google. And it is indeed a thing. In fact, it is such a thing that you can go on, uh, let's just say, a certain retail website and find packs of hundreds of stickers of Joe Biden pointing with the words, I did that, next to his grinning face. I found a story out of New Hampshire that this has become the latest Republican guerrilla campaign to mock the policies of Joe Biden. The first such guerrilla tactic, of course, was let's go Brandon, which was not dreamed up by anybody, but was just an organic development out of a either Agenda-driven NBC reporter or clueless NBC reporter. I mean, either one or both, right? She's interviewing a NASCAR driver at a track. His name happens to be, deliciously enough, Brandon. Because it's just funny. I mean, the just the name Brandon with that scenario just made it funnier to me. I don't know why. I have two friends, two good friends, two good men named Brandon. Dr. Brandon Schreiner is one. Uh, You know Dr. Brandon, or should. But let's go, Brandon. She thought is what the crowd was chanting. It was not chanting, let's go, Brandon. I can't tell you what they were chanting, but they were chanting something about Joe Biden. And it was not a nice thing. So let's go, Brandon was the first thing. That's kind of burned out. But now the I did that thing is, I guess, according to this story out of the Boston Herald, raging around the country. Here's the headline. Or rather the lead. If you see Joe Biden's picture on a gas pump these days, it's not a tribute to his amazingly successful energy policy. (laughs) No, it is not. The stickers with Biden pointing to the $3.50 a gallon gas price, remember, it's Massachusetts, and saying, I did that, are part of a Republican effort to undermine the Democratic administration. The stickers have gone viral online. It's cheap and it's easy. A 100-pack of the stickers is going for just 6 bucks. You might see the derisive stickers all over New England, including in New Hampshire. That's important because New Hampshire is a blue state that is in danger of going red in the 2022 midterm election. And we are, of course, all in favor of blue states turning red in the 2022 midterm and thereafter. So this is a thing. And if you have had it happen to you, I would like to know. 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. If you are engaging in such activity, I would like to know. Because true confession time, I am going to order myself a pack of these stickers. And I want to know, is this going to get me, Aaron, into any trouble if I am at, say, my local petroleum station and I put a sticker on a gas pump, is that some kind of federal violation or county auditor violation? Can I do that? Is that a, hmm, is that a 
tasteful way for me my, for me to indicate my disdain with the policies of the current administration? Uh, I think you're probably good on a federal crime, um, but uh, I'm wondering if it's... anything. I'm I'm wondering if anything worse than just being yelled at by the person in the inside no. area would happen to me. I don't think so. I mean, what are the odds they're looking at you out there? Small. They have you on camera, I know, but I don't think they're watching you through the entirety of the pumping of gas. Is this something I should not be recommending to fellow conservatives around the country? I'd say yes. Something I should not be doing? Correct. Okay. All right. Well, then you probably won't <laughs> smile on this idea that I had when I pulled into the parking lot today. I pull into the parking lot today, and I notice in front of me an SUV. Nice SUV, except for in the upper right-hand corner of the rear window is a pristine Biden-Harris sticker. And I just, at that moment, reflected on, what is this person's mindset? Joe Biden has been in office close to a year. We're now in the month of December. Next month, January, whatever, 13th, 20th, whatever it is, will mark his one-year anniversary in office. What do you get a president like Joe Biden, who's been in office and done what he's done during his year? I suggest used toilet paper. That would be an appropriate gift for Joe Biden's first anniversary as president. But when I saw this sticker on the car today, I thought, I really wish I had a Sharpie with me right now. Because I would be so tempted to go over and write something on that sticker. Are you happy? How's this working out for you? Or, of course, I could just write on there, stupid. Is that a crime? Defacing a bumper sticker of a total stranger? Uh, I'm also going to say yes. (laughs) (laughs) You are ruining all my fun. I mean, technically, it's their property. Yeah. Are we on camera in our parking lot here in our lovely Salem Media Headquarters? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. Maybe I should check into that. What do you think when you're out and about and you see something like a Harris-Biden sticker on a car? Does your blood pressure go up? Do you say anything out loud that you can repeat on the radio, keep in mind? And yes, we are on delay. But I wonder what goes through your mind when you see someone who has such a sticker on their vehicle. In the aftermath of the southern border, Afghanistan, repeated lies about anything and everything, and, of course, escalating gas prices. 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. It's the Bruce Hooley Show. Hey, I'm excited to read that book by Alex Berenson, Pandemia. Uh, I have no financial stake in it. Uh, but I would like to get him on uh, the show. He's uh, one of the really insightful journalists out there, and I'll give you something he posted this past week. Two lines long that well, I didn't break the Internet, but it was uh, very, very powerful. But I was asking you if you've been out and seen any of the Joe Biden, I did that pointing stickers where he's pointing to gas prices. People have been buying these stickers and putting them on gas pumps, pointing at the price. I did that. Yes, you did, Joe. And I can't say thank you. Mm. I can't say what I'd like to say. Then also there's the matter of driving around town and seeing people who still have Harris Biden stickers on their vehicles. 
That has not aged well. It will not age well going forward. I don't put political stickers on my car because I don't want my car to get keyed. But I'll admit, when I pulled into the parking lot today and I saw somebody with a Harris-Biden sticker, I wanted to grab a Sharpie, go over, and write something on it that indicated my disgust with this person's role in putting this addled, feckless person in charge of our country on the national and international stage. 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989, if you've had such an experience. Let's talk with Dana and Galleon. Hello, Dana. Dana, are you with me? Yes, sir. Very good. Go right ahead. Yes, I have a whole stack of those in my truck, and it costs me <laughs> over $100 every two days to fill this truck up. So I have plastered every gas pump from Columbus to Delaware to Marion with them things and laugh every time I put one on there. Do you do it secretly, Dana? Do other people who are filling up at the pump see you do it, have any reaction when you do it? I don't care if anybody sees me. Um, I've had people laugh when they see me do it. Um, I just put them on. Oh, Dana, you're you're awesome. And you, uh, this is a minimal investment, right, to get these stickers? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're real cheap. Okay, fantastic. Uh, Dana, I applaud your uh, chutzpah and your common sense. Yeah, last night at Ohio State, they've got the mask mandate in place. Everybody's wearing masks. I thought, well... I'll not make this a hill to die on, but I'm not putting this stupid thing on unless I'm forced to put it on. And so I walked in without it on, had it in my pocket, walked to my workspace, watched the game, walked around the concourse, sat in the press. I did put it on in the press conference because, you know, it's close quarters. And honestly, I put it on because Mike Krzyzewski's old. And I was going to be asking him questions. I didn't want, I don't know how he feels about vaccines. He wasn't wearing a mask. But I put it on in the post-game press conference. I did not put it on anywhere. And no one said anything to me about it. But if they had, I was ready. I was going to say, uh, I, I, I don't have to wear the mask. I have TMCS. TMCS, of course, stands for too much common sense. Too much common sense. Now, common sense is not popular when it comes to covid Because, well, if common sense were important, a revelation like Alex Berenson published on his Substack Saturday morning would resonate, not just with you and me, because, you know, we're kind of all in on the common sense aspect of COVID. We understand it's a virus. We understand it's contagious. We understand it can be dangerous for some people. We understand that there are measures out there that you can take if you want to take them to protect yourself against it. I don't have a problem if you get a vaccine. I don't have a problem if you get a booster. I don't have a problem if you wear a mask. I have a problem only if you insist that I do it because it makes you feel safer if I do it. Because if those measures keep you safe, what do you care if I'm unsafe? Because I'm not imperiling you because you have bulletproofed yourself against the danger of COVID with the measures that you have taken. I just choose not to engage in those measures because I choose to exercise the freedom that I have thanks to the time and sacrifice of our brave men and women who have fought in the military and who protect our country from foreign and, hopefully, domestic enemies. But here's what Alex Berenson posted on his Substack over the weekend. A chart that tracked 
the weekly deaths per 100,000 vaccinated people ages 10 to 59 in England. So there's a number. Weekly deaths per 100,000 vaccinated people age 10 to 59 in England. So 59, that's not an age where you should be worried about dying of COVID unless you're obese, unless you have breathing issues, unless you have some kind of severe comorbidity. At 59, you should be pretty good. You get up into 70, 80, sure. But he didn't, he didn't stack the data to advantage his position. Age 10 to age 59. Normally healthy people, how many per 100,000 have died despite being vaccinated? And then he compared that number to, of course, the number of people who died per 100,000 among unvaccinated people in those same age groups. Now, you would think, right, because, hey, Dr. Fauci, Francis Collins, Rachel Walensky, Joe Biden, Mike DeWine, everybody tells you the way to protect yourself is to get vaccinated, get boosted, get masked. You would expect the unvaccinated number to be astronomically higher than the vaccinated. But that was not the case. The chart that Alex Berenson published on his Substack showed that vaccinated people ages 10 to 59 were dying overall at a higher rate, at a higher rate than the unvaccinated. I can't explain that. But the inarguable conclusion from it is that vaccinations do not give people nearly the protection that they have been touted to provide. Even here in the United States of America, you say, well, it's in England. Oh, England. Something weird over there. Must be that haggis they're eating. Must be that blood pudding. (laughs) Well, that'll kill you for sure if you've ever had it. But even here in the United States, have you noticed the COVID numbers in Florida? They're ridiculously low compared to the rest of the country. And Ron DeSantis has been, along with Greg Abbott, the most liberal governor in letting people live their lives. Too much common sense, brother.